Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Bouncing into another big edition of the Talking Hoops Podcast. It is Ned joined by, by, by my co-hosts, if I can get that out, Trace Leffler and John Fitzgerald. It's the first time we've had the full panel on for a little while. We'll kick things off with you, Fitzy. How are you going, brother? Yeah, really good, actually. It's just come to my attention. We've got a couple of NBA jerseys hanging around and probably one from sort of more my generation there with the old school Rockets and left. Of Is course. that Akeem the Dream? Who have you got there, yeah. Lef? Ben, oh, ben Simmons, Simmons man. yeah. Okay, of course. Oh, man. Ben, the, uh, the Ben Simmons trade for the Detroit Pistons, they offered a lot for him, left, and I think they were very foolish to miss out on it. I would have taken that, but uh, they're holding out, dude. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. I mean... I probably would have taken it too at this point, but we'll see. We'll see what Daryl Morey conjures up. You know, he's the master of trades. So holding out hope, hoping we get somebody. I was telling Fitzy last week how funny it was that you said, oh, they'll probably, you'll end up with a Kuzma and a packet of Doritos chips or something by the end <laughs> of this, and he's going to be gone. And I don't know, he could sit out the entire season, but let's sort of rewind back. I was just about to say, John, before we talk to get the inside scoop on the world of trade. How are you, John? Going well, man. It's uh, busy times at the moment. Obviously, as we spoke about on the last podcast, we had the Benigo tournament over the weekend. And now we're only literally weeks, I guess you could say days away from the arrival of, of baby Fitz. So there's a lot happening at home at the moment. So uh, yeah, mat- uh, paternity leave isn't too far away for me, but uh, no, everything's good, but very busy at the moment. That's exciting. Wouldn't it be great if like during this podcast, you just sort of see Ash wander in the background there. <laughs> it's time, John. Get off the internet, you idiot. No, I love that, man. Well, we're looking forward to the birth of a little talking hoop superstar future uh, Hornet right there too. But left, let's switch things up to you. You've been out romancing, I see, with the, the big Facebook fo- post with the lady and whatnot today. A bit of PDA, PDA happening there. John, remember that? They're all like making out in the beach in their bikini yeah. rings and whatnot. It was, it, was, it was a lot, but, you know, I feel like no trade now. A lot better just from seeing those photos. Uh, that's right. That's right. Just came back from holiday up in Geelong and Lawn. Tried to dodge the the whole spicy cough. Avoid that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New name for it, so I hear anyway. But yeah, it was quite nice. Nice to unwind, relax, go to the beach, have some PDA, you know, as you said at Best Ned. Um, <laughs> There's plenty of that out there. Did you see it, Fitz? No. I, see that I should repost it on our... I should repost that on the Talking Hoops oh, Facebook Lord. page. It'll probably actually get some traction. Uh, left right. making out with his lady there. Beautiful thing. I might get in trouble if you do that, okay? So please don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we, we won't. But no, that's great to hear that you had time. You avoided, the cough, you avoided the cough, which John and I did also. And we were just surrounded by lots and lots of mm. people. But we've avoided it so far. Touch wood. Good Thank times. But hey, let's jump into the NBL. We'll go through some results here real quick, boys. It was it's been a big fixture. John and I went through all the games and first up on Friday, it was the Brisbane Bullets taking on the Sydney Kings. John and I are sort of like, oh, I don't even remember who we tipped to win these. I'm pretty sure you said Brisbane to go back to back on this, John. I think you were saying yeah. that Brisbane are going to get this done. They did on Friday night uh, with a nine point victory. Now, please note, we have 
have not seen many of these games because we've been in Bendigo attempting to coach ourselves. Uh, on the Saturday, Johnny United just flexed their Trace Leffler-like muscles. They were flexing, brother. They got it done easily on the road there. The scary part is if you're a fan of a, a hater of Melbourne United or a fan of Melbourne United, either way, we're happy, the United fans, because they haven't played in, at home in ages. They're getting all these victories done on the road. So they're going to have a big stretch of games coming up at John Kane Arena soon once this tennis is over. What a horrible sport, but that's a different uh, kettle of fish right there, man. Chasing around after a ball. And, well, I suppose basketball is similar, but anyways, <laughs> let's just go on to the uh, next one. We've got the Perth Wildcats 94. They got it done easily over Illawarra Hawks there, which is sad. Let's move on. The Kings, they reverse things here, Johnny, at home. I did see a little bit of this. Great to see too. They eventually won 30, uh, 73 to 97, the Kings, but it looked like it was going to be a lot more. They really had a dominant performance right there. Here's a game I did see a little bit, the Trelgan game we were talking about, Fitzy. I predicted this would happen. Um, no, this isn't the Trelgan game. This is against the Jack Jumpers, sorry, 76 to 63. They're sort of going about their business as mm. well at the moment, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. They're getting things done nicely. Illawarra Hawks switched things up and turned things around and got the win over the Adelaide 36ers, 100 to 89. This is the one I was watching last night. Cairns Taipans and Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, Mitch Creek back in, in, in sort of MVP sort of type caliber there. He really got things going into Ralgan. It was hot, slimy, and yuck, but the Phoenix got it done against an undermanned Cairns Taipans. And like I was saying briefly off the air there today, apparently Melbourne United played their worst game of basketball, but still managed to get the win. They were down big at some stage, sort of clawed their way back in it and got a two-point victory over the Bullets in Brisbane. So that's it for this round of NBL right there, guys. Thoughts, comments, questions? Please don't let there be any questions. Good wrap-up there, Neddy, actually. It was, uh, I think we weren't too far off with some of those predictions, but probably the big uh, question for me is how about the Bullets? You know, they, they won that game on Friday night against Sydney quite easily by nine points there and then lost the next two games of the of the round and, and would have been a massive way for them to sort of make that push for that third spot. I think we've got our top two teams almost locked away already, even though it's very early yeah. in the season. Uh, Perth and Melbourne are going to be very hard to beat, but a chance there for Brisbane to have gone, uh, you know, six wins on the board. They could have, if they won those two games. That's a massive effort today against Melbourne United. Only lose by two points after having played twice for the week already. That's a huge effort. Yeah, but uh, I think big. we were pretty close, pretty close in our predictions there, Eddie. So for me, the NBL is really coming down to that sort of third to maybe sixth spot with the Phoenix looking all sorts of good, as you touched on. Illawarra has been playing good, Brisbane Bullets is still the one for me that can take it to another level. Things are starting to slip away for Cairns slightly. Uh, and Sydney as well, I feel. Probably, I mean, it's still plenty of games to go in this season, but we know how important early season wins are. And, uh, of course, you've got teams that are going to still play home games being sort of Melbourne United in there as well. So it'll be interesting few weeks, I reckon. Yeah, it's crazy, actually, Johnny. I'm just having a look at the ladder at the moment. Like, United... I remember at the start of the season, they're like, they're a lackluster team. They're not going to make the playoffs. Daly was a bad signing. He picked up player of the game today. There's another thing. Daly is back into some good form these last few games. A lot of t teams riding off Melbourne United, but the scary thing here is, like I said, in that long-winded sort of carry-on of a, a breakdown of the NBL round is United are getting all these 
games done on the road. So they, they've already won six games on the road. That's crazy right there. So uh, just going through the ladder real quickly, we've got United on top, eight and two. Perth Wildcats in second, like you said, Fitzy, six and two. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, five and two in at the third place. Fourth, Illawarra, five and three. And then this is where it gets a little bit sort of messy and it could be anyone's... Uh, they they got to start making moves like you talked about. The Brisbane Bullets 4-5. and five. They'll be unhappy with that after this round like we discussed. And like you talked about just there too, John, Cairns Taipans are there. They're 2-3. The Sydney Kings, they need to start winning games. Like it is, they've played a lot more than a bunch of teams and they're 4-6 and six at the moment. Their season could definitely be going in the wrong direction if you're a Kings fan. Adelaide... Their third last, third, uh, three wins, five losses. The Jack Jumpers in there at two and six, Johnny. And winding things out there at the bottom is New Zealand, which isn't really too surprising, two wins and seven. So that's how the NBL sits right now. We will uh, have another exciting round coming up soon, but let's switch things up to the NBA All-Star game. We're going to compare some notes here, right, boys? That is correct. All right, Lef. Let's. See. I want to start things off with you, buddy. Like, who have you got in your all-star team? Let's start off with the East, maybe. Rightio. Starting off the East. Now, the East, I reckon there was three fairly easy choices there, and that's for the backcourt. Personally, I chose Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's been playing like an MVP all season. Just amazing as per usual. Can't really debate it. He's averaging like 29 points, 11 rebounds, six assists. As usual, playing amazing on the defensive side of things. Right up there for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. He's been amazing. Next up, I've got Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, he's out for a while. I'm not sure how long. I did see something today left that he might be out for the All-Star game, which is scary. Yeah, okay. That'd be interesting. I wonder if they'll do what they did last year where they he's the captain, but because he doesn't play, Adam Silver picks the reserve. I know last year, the Jason Tatum got voted in as the starter because yep. he was injured, which is interesting. Mm. Yeah, but he, he's a shoe in And then my third should be should be no surprise here. Philly fan, Joel Embiid at the center position. For he's a second, a I thought you were going to say Ben Simmons. I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> I should have I just to... Just to Spice it up a little bit. As a play the game, but yeah, let's whack him in the All-Star. He's like Uh, the most hated person in the NBA. That'd be a sure way to get fans. No, he's playing out of your skin at the moment, though, Joel Joel Embiid right there. He is having like a career year, if I remember right, on those. You've got something to celebrate there in Philly, man. Oh, absolutely ridiculous. He single-handedly is carrying us to wins at the moment. If we didn't have Joel Embiid, we would be a... We would be in the play-in or we'd be out of the playoffs completely. It's just, he's playing unreal right now. He's like the first sixer since Wilt Chamberlain and way back in the days in, in the early 90s with like 35, multiple 35 and 10-point games in a season or something. Absolutely ridiculous. Had like 14 straight 25-point games. Absolutely ridiculous. Crazy player. Crazy. Absolutely that crazy. is right there, man. That's that's nuts. So who else have you got there on that team left? Um, This is where it gets interesting, the backcourt. I had a little bit of trouble selecting some players here. I thought a shoe-in was DeMar DeRozan for for one of my guard spots, but the second guard spots where I had a lot of difficulty. In the end, I decided to choose Trey Young. Now, I had a lot of debate between about three players. I had issues between James Harden, 
Zach Levine and Trey Young. They're all having very similar seasons statistically. I mean, Trey Young is doing a little bit better of the scoring side of things. James Harden has been on a winning team, so I had to take that into account. And Zach Levine's obviously on the number one seed or was the number one seed in the Chicago Bulls, but he's out injured for a while. In the end, I did end up selecting Trey Young just because if you look at what he's averaging, 28 points, nine assists, absolutely insane. Big defensive yeah. liability and the Hawks suck, but I chose him in the end. <laughs> I think when we we first spoke about this, you had Harden on reputation alone over Trey Young, if I remember correctly, Lef. That, that's correct. That's correct. But at the time, the Atlanta Hawks were much worse. And I think, and Trey Young was averaging a lot less. He was not as statistically yeah. proficient at the time. And since then, he's gone on multiple 30 point, 10 assist games. He's He's gotten a lot better. He's got back to his form of old. He's shooting almost 40% from three again. So I think he's deserved it personally. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Johnny, who do you have in the East? I have exactly the same. It's written down in my notes, you right? Maybe a little bit of bias towards Trey Young, but I think the um the front court picks itself in the east. It's a no-brainer. I mean, those three guys, Durant, Giannis, and Embiid are all kind of top five in your MVP voting right now anyway. So that picks itself. And I've gone DeMar DeRozan for me is a no-brainer too. The way that Chicago's playing, and he's taking his game to another level again. Yeah. And Trey Young, I thought, deserved to be in there. Like He's really leading that team. I know this is where you start to get into like stats versus team record and, and left and I had a quick chat about that off air. So I, I think Trey Young deserves to be in there. But one question I want to put to you, Lef, you've got Miami Heat. They're top of the East right now. Is there any room in there for a Miami Heat starter, a Jimmy Butler of sorts? There's not. Jimmy Butler is classified as a forward. And unfortunately, Jimmy Butler cannot get in because if he was as a guard, I would put a lot more consideration Mm. to him because I think he'd be right up there with those two. But unfortunately, you cannot place Jimmy Butler over Giannis, Durant or Embiid. So it it is tricky, though. I did think about that. I was looking at the standings. Uh, We'll talk about Butler probably a little bit more after this, but I I did consider him. But in the end, statistically and because of his position, he just can't compete with those big three. That's a fair analysis. Yeah, I think that's a very fair analysis right there. I like what you got it, but I'm a massive fan of buckets. So I'm just putting that out there. He's definitely going to make the reserves, yeah? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, nice. All right, I like that. Let's switch things up to the West. Uh, Mr. Leffler, let's see if you guys are on, on par once again. We'll kick things off with you, Lef, a.k.a. Right. Fabio there. I need to post that picture of him. You need to see it, John. It's just fantastic. But, yes, yeah, so uh, let's focus. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. All right. Well, this time I'll I'll start with the, the backcourt this time because I think there's a lot less debate here. I think a shoe-in very easily is Stephen Curry. He's had an excellent season. He started off the season on fire, was just ridiculous, was leading the MVP race. The Warriors, are they were number one seed in the West for a while there. They're number two at the moment, only three games behind Phoenix. And I mean, Stephen Curry is Stephen Curry. He just broke the three-point record. He's now officially the greatest three-point shooter of all time, if you didn't already have him as that. I think he's, he's... a shoe in he's struggled as of recently like he's he's been in a big shooting slump but a Steph Curry shooting shooting slump is still 37% from three which is just ridiculous so yeah and 
my second backcourt was where I had a little bit of trouble. I ended up selecting Ja Morant. The Memphis Grizzlies are just insane right now. They're playing super duper well. Ja Morant is probably my favorite player in the league to watch right now. Super electrifying. You know, he's averaging, you know, 25 points, six rebounds, seven assists. He's having an amazing season. I did have a bit of debate between him and Luca, which I'll be interested to see fit to what you end up deciding between the two, or maybe another player. But um, I thought you would have went Luca to be honest, but I agree on the Morant there. I, I had to be unbiased. I had to be unbiased, Ned. I was, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. My Luca jersey's back there in the cupboard. All right, I could have worn it. If I had voted him in, I probably would have worn it. But unfortunately, I had to go with, I had to go with the brain over the heart on this one. So I ended up choosing Jar Morant. And in my opinion, the front court was pretty easy. I had LeBron James the shoe in. I mean, LeBron, what is it now? Year eighteen, year nineteen, absolutely insane. You know, twenty nine points, seven rebounds, six assists. Great defensively. Is the only thing keeping the Lakers at five hundred right now. Mm. He's been amazing. Arguably the MVP favorite in Nikola Jokic. I ended up choosing him. He's, again, playing absolutely unreal. 26 points, 14 rebounds, almost eight assists per game. The advanced stats love him. I mean, if, if the Denver Nuggets were better right now, I mean, he'd be right, right at the top in my opinion. But this is where we might have a little bit of debate as well, Fitzy. I ended up choosing Rudy Gobert as my third front court player. I don't now, think you will have a debate there, just quietly. <laughs> I do not know what Fitz has got, but I, I guarantee you Rudy will be on his team. Almost guarantee. Okay, okay. <laughs> that, yeah, well, it, 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 it's interesting because I sort of strayed away from the typical one center per team because Nikola Jokic and Rudy Gobert both play center. But in the end, I decided Rudy's just having... He's having an unreal season. 16 points, 15 rebounds, shooting like 70% from the field. I mean, arguably one of the top three defensive player of the year candidates again. I mean, and you see his impact on the Utah Jazz. He went down for, he was out for four games and, and Utah went one and three in those games. I mean, that says it really all in my opinion. He's arguably their most consistent player and the team revolves around him. So in the end, I chose him. It's good to see reckon? you know Rudy Gobert there too left because I think players like him sort of miss out because they're not the I don't know how do you say it like the super like I don't, I don't think the Gobert jerseys would be selling anywhere near as much as a Jar Moran or a Steph Curry or something like that but at the end mm. of the day he gets the job done. Let's switch things up to you, Johnny Fitzgerald. I want to, I'm sort of chomping at the bits and off yeah. you there in there. I'm, I'm thinking you did, but just, who did you have on the East? I'd like to know, Lef, who you were sort of debating between Gobert and who. Yeah, that's a good question. So this is an interesting debate. It's, it's offense versus defense. Now that might spoil it for you, but if you think of two centers, it was between two centers. It was actually between Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Now, uh, I think I think Cat gets left out of these debates because the Minnesota Timberwolves are not that good right now. But mm-hmm. if you have a look, he's having a sneakily good good season this year. If I have a look, yeah, Cat at the moment is averaging, you know, 24 points, nine rebounds, four assists. His defense has actually gotten a bit better, averaging over a steal, almost one and a half blocks. You know, he's arguably the best three-point shooting big of all time. And... Look, Minnesota's been fairly competitive. It, at the end of the day, I did have to reward winning. So that's why I chose Gobert. But I just thought, if you look at them player for player, who you'd rather have, 
Carl Anthony Towns makes a very, very strong mm. case. In my oh, he opinion. really does. What's the age difference there, Lef? I'm just thinking now, Gobert would have to be older, wouldn't he? Yeah, Gobert's a bit... I think Gobert's like 27, 28, somewhere in there. And I think Carl Towns is maybe... He's still young. I think he's like 24 or 25. Yeah, future's very... Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I have no idea, man. That's why I asked you. You're (laughs) our uh, NBA person. um, You're meant to be like, oh, he's like 24 and seven weeks and two days or something. Come on. No, I like that. that right there, Johnny. So, you know, he was debating between Gobert and Towns. Yeah. Let us know. What do you got in the West? Okay. Well, this is probably where we're going to be very similar again, actually. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, this year, there feels like there's so many no-brainer picks, I reckon. Like, I don't think there's going to be too many surprises when it comes to announcing the starters. But, I mean, you got to start with Steph Curry. I mean, that's an absolute no-brainer. But the second backcourt spot there is where I sort of looked at a few other options left and I broke down Morant but my debate was between actually him and Devin Booker going back to record versus big time snob actually boys on this I didn't even think about book and you got to think that the Phoenix Suns are sitting in there in that number one slot and looking very very good to get back right where they were that's that's big yeah that was that was where my debate was. I think Booker's maybe slightly down on scoring um, compared to last year, but you've got to look at where the Suns are at on the ladder there. And I think that that might be, again, the, the great debate is, yeah, stats versus versus record. I mean, we've got Trey Young on the other side. These teams, what, you know, fourth last in the East, and, mm-hmm. and I think he deserves his spot. So whether they go for stats over, I, I guess, record on this side, but I might back Devin Booker to be to either be a, a bit of a surprise inclusion or potentially get a bit more bit more noise as a snub. I think he should be right up there with the guys that you've already mentioned. But um, if it's not Jar Morant, I, I feel like Devin Booker's the man, just given the, the record of the Suns and, you know, the, the record they've had for the last couple of years as well, being one of those stronger teams in the West. Yeah, big That's shout out to my cousin Lewis right here really quickly just before you jump in there, Left, He's going to probably kill me and I will not be on the next episode for not bringing up Booker. <laughs> that guy is a machine. He'll be like, we're no longer friends. We're no longer family. You're leaving out D-Books. So, yeah, it definitely he has got to be there somewhere. That's a tough one, but I guess John Morant, once again, is the more sort of fan favorite that might get him mm. over the line sort of thing. Just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, or just did. wait and see there. I was going to say, it's very interesting, though, you say about the fan vote. I actually had this brought up just in front of me before. If I have a look quickly, I think that, yeah, John Morant at the moment is actually second in guard voting for the West from the fan vote. Oh, there we go. Still there. Yeah, I was going to say, John Morant's got over like two and a half million votes. He's ahead of Luca. Mm. He's ahead of Booker. Although Booker is fifth in the guard votes for the league, which is interesting because he's actually higher than Chris Paul. When you mentioned mm. another person, Fitzy, I was expecting you to mention Chris Paul, not Devin Booker. Because I would argue Chris Paul's the engine for the Suns and not Devin Booker. So it's, mm. it's interesting. Interesting debate right there. Yeah, that's fair enough too. Yeah, and I guess it depends what you know, you get right into into the in depths of this as to you know their team role, their how important they are to the team. Like you know, is he more important to the Phoenix Suns than he is to you know picking a, an all star team for the West? Uh, so look, it's an interesting debate. But I, I pulled up those votes just to have a bit of a squeeze over it before. And the, honestly, the fact that Clay Thompson's ahead of Devin Booker is ridiculous, in my opinion. Oh, like it's just obviously ridiculous. it's a popularity vote, but I, I don't know. I wonder if, whether there's a um, a different way to run that. 
sort of stuff. But that's why you get like, you know, Yao Ming many years ago. Like he was getting... Zaza Pachulia. Zaza Pachulia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. So lots of love to those guys. But hey, just to finish off my front court as well. And um, I mean, LeBron and uh, and Jokic picked themselves. And, and I ended up settling on Rudy Gobert as well. And, and we had a very brief chat off air again about the MVP race and sort of the rise of the big man. And I'm looking at Gobert's stats. He's leading the league in rebounds. He's scoring it at a nice rate himself. I think he's second in blocks, probably behind Miles Turner, I'm assuming. But um, yeah. he's having an awesome season. And I love seeing the Jazz up and about. And he's gone to another level. And, uh, and I think he deserves his spot as a starter in that team. And let's never forget to Rudy Gobert's reaction to when he first got COVID there and he started by like, <laughs> touching everything. And, and <laughs> one of the moments oh. uh, we were just talking about this, um, the fam and I the other day, Rudy Gobert, the first guy in the NBA to get it, wasn't he? Mm. And I was like, wow. And I think he may have come through for a second lot, Rudy. Is that right, Lef? I think I read that. Uh, in the that he contracted program. it again. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm not sure if he's contracted COVID, but I know he's in health and safety protocols right now. <laughs> that before I go there, be funny though if he did. Not gonna lie, it'd be very funny just because of the irony of the situation. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. All right. Well, I, I like the look of those votes there, boys. So you basically ended up having exactly the same, right? Because did you end up going with Moran or uh, Booker was just a close? Put me down for Book. I'm gonna back right, the book. Well- Back He's to bringing book. back the book. Lewis is going to talk to you again. All right, I've crossed out Jamar, and I like those right there, boys. They're, they're very good. The bit of news getting around the NBA at the moment is apparently, Lef and I have spoken about this, the Westbrook trade. Have you heard this one, John? I've heard a little bit about it, but uh, why don't you guys sort of fill me in? All right, Lef. Westbrook wall. What are we, what are we thinking? Well, it's not, nothing's official. Nothing's official until it happens, as we know. Teams do a lot of talking. You don't know if it's just a rumor being released or talked about. But the rumor, I was going to say, the rumor is that the Houston Rockets would be willing to trade for Russell Westbrook. Obviously, they'd have to trade John Wall contract for contract. They have, you know, two of the largest wasted salaries in the whole league right now, by the looks of things. The Lakers would have to include their 2027 first round pick make it unprotected which is very interesting because in 2027 lebron's going to be 20 he's going to 22 42 he's playing like he's 22 um it'll be 42 anthony davis might not even be there at that point and who knows what the lakers are going to look like at that point but if if westbrook does go to houston houston's already said they're going to sit him and they're not going to play him in fact they might even look for a buyout which would be very very interesting it could be sort of the downfall of Westbrook, like we were talking about there at the gym the other day, Left, Like, it's it's not good things for him. Mm, mm. It's interesting, though. I, I don't personally think it's going to happen. I think Westbrook's going to stay. If you guys have followed the history of Westbrook the last couple of seasons, he started out the first half of the season pretty poorly, has struggled a lot, and then towards the back end of the season, he's kicked it up a notch, he's gelled with the team, and he's played like a... Like an, almost an all-NBA player. If you remember with the Wizards last year, he was averaging like 23, 11, and 11 to finish off the season. Single-handedly carried Washington to the to the playoffs. I mean, he, he was unreal. Same with the Rockets. And then, I mean, obviously prior to that was the Thunder days, so it's his prime. But 
I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I would love to see John Wall on the Lakers. I think John Wall would be a direct upgrade, maybe not in terms of player skill, but in terms of fit, because I think John Wall's ability to play make play off the ball a little bit, which Westbrook has no off off the ball game. John Wall's a slightly better three-point shooter, slightly better cutter. I think he would just, he'd probably fit in better with the Lakers in general. Well, here's yeah. a question for both of you right here. The Los Angeles Lakers, they've they've obviously, they've done like a Boston Celtics of the Pierce era back then when they went the big three and whatever. It was sort of, no, sorry, the Brooklyn Nets. When they rolled the dice and they got all these veterans, what, what do they do? When do they just throw in the towel and roll the dice. Like, obviously, this team, you would think, on current form, has definitely over uh, underwhelmed, sorry. When do they start the rebuild process? It's fascinating you bring up that Brooklyn Nets. So it would be about 2013 or 14 when they traded yeah. all of their future draft picks for Garnett, Pierce, uh, Gerald Wallace, a lot of these players that, like, you wouldn't even know who they are. I still remember. That's when I gave up watching them. Uh, yep. Billy King really shot the Nets organization in the foot and it took uh, like Sean Marks, you know, many, many years to get it back up and uh, and kind of had to stick to a similar path of trying to get those big names, you know, Jay-Z bringing all the big guys into town. But um, yeah. that's the thing we, we briefly touched on last week, wasn't it, Ned? Like where does this leave the Lakers organization? Let's just say they get knocked out in the first or second round this year. Uh, if they start looking to trade future draft picks, if they're unprotected, I'd be very concerned about that. I don't know how, like, it's a very long rebuild from this point. Like, I mean, we've already spoken about some of the players that have moved on, like your Brandon Ingrams and your Julius Randles and all these guys that have been moved on, LaMelo Ball, um, oh, sorry, uh, Lonzo Ball. These yeah. sorts of guys that, you know, not that you're going to build massive franchises around them, but there was your future. And look how they're going now. So I'm not sure where it lands them, but um, I do like Trey's call on, on John Wall being a good fit at the Lakers. And for me, it's just the personality. Like, I just think he's a different mm. – he's, he had to work hard to get back to, to where he's playing now. I think he'd be a good complement to the to the, uh, to the the um, weapons they've got at LA. But it's quite funny. If you guys jump on TikTok, go on um, Shaq and the <laughs> Fool. Basically, just a Russell Westbrook fail page at this point. Like, he needs a change – and the Lakers oh, need really? I reckon, yeah. But see, the thing is, is with uh, talking about John Wall going to the Lakers, they're just sticking with that mentality, aren't they, where we're just going to go superstar after superstar. That's not – like, you're not really rebuilding the size, and he's, he is very injury-prone. Like, what if – Yeah, you know, he is. He's, he's – I mean, he's not any – well, he's probably, what, a year or two younger than, than Russell, but I think it comes mm. down to what can they do right now to win a championship this yeah. year? Then the move doesn't look as silly, and I think that's true, probably – Probably where exactly. the mindset is right now. Um, and I like, corrected Mr. Fitzgerald. It, yes, definitely. If you've got Trevor Ariza starting small forward, you're not going to win a championship. I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. No, I think, I, Ned, I the biggest reason, I was going to say, the biggest reason why they have to move Westbrook for Wall is just, just no other contract in the league which works. You have to include multiple players. I think you have to include almost... You have to include over $30 million just in salary alone just to make up for the Westbrook deal. And Russell Westbrook is a negative trade asset at this point. The only asset, there's probably two assets that the Lakers actually have. is probably their first round pick in 2027 and Taylor Horton Tucker. And Taylor Horton Tucker has not looked that good this year. And yeah, look, LeBron's so old. Davis is so injury prone that they have to, I think they have to do it. Or either that or they have to stick with it and hope Westbrook really gels because the lost cause otherwise. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to have to wait and see. We've got 14 days as of the we record this until the trade deadline, February 10. I cannot 
wait. And the second half of the NBA will be underway. We've got the All-Star game and whatnot around the corner. You guys have basically got the same teams running there. Is there anything else that we need to discuss at this point in time? I'm just, just very curious. I had a question for you, Fitzy. Did you go through the reserves for the All-Star list? Oh, not overly. I did, as in, did I put my own list together? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't Didn't get that far. No, I had enough trouble just figuring out Booker versus Ja Morant. <laughs> That's okay. I, I was going to ask you a question. I was curious to know, would you include Draymond Green, for both of you, would you include Draymond Green in the All-Star Reserves this year? Because it's an interesting case. You have to, it's the winning versus stats debate. Draymond Green this year, he's only averaging eight points, eight rebounds, eight assists, basically, but he's playing elite level defense. And he's really the cog which turns the Golden State Warriors team, if you think about it. So just interesting. Hmm. He's an absolute beast. And like I think I've said multiple times on this podcast, I usually just go through the same sort of stuff here. Like, followed him since those Spartans days and big fan of Draymond Green. But I'd have to see who we're putting him up against, really. But when you're talking about stats versus, you know, popularity and all this sort of thing, I can't see him making the team just for the sake alone fans and whatnot are going to... It is solely fan-based, Yeah. Um, no, so the way the all-star the all-star voting works is the first fifty percent of the votes are from the fans, twenty five percent of the votes are from the players, and then twenty five percent of the votes are from media members and coaches, I believe. That so would have been that... handy information to know before I started on that rant. Thank you, Lev. That's actually <laughs> so... that's a, that... <laughs> I thought there was just basically a fan vote here. Oh, it's sorry. I could just add, even just attack on with Ned sort of going there. Like, it, 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 and to be fair, look, it probably will come down to the media vote anyway. Like, if, if if you want to look at the voting, like you've got Andrew Wiggins above Draymond Green. You know what I mean? I know. So Yeah. He might he might get in there anyway. But um, I think it's interesting. And if there was ever a year that they might end up picking a few guys like that, possibly off different criteria, it could possibly be this year with the West obviously being a slightly weaker division. Um, you know, it, it could happen. I, I actually might have to put down my All Star reserves. Maybe left. I'm, I think they're announcing the starters like the next day or two. So yeah. maybe oh, we can look for next for next pod and, and see where we ended up and, and sort of make our list of reserves. Because I'm um I'm actually starting to think in my head how I how I'd fit him in. So mm. yeah, maybe we can look at that for for next week. It's interesting if I without getting into it too in depth. I think there's about because the way it works with the reserves is there's five reserves. And then there's two wild card spots. It's either one or two wild card spots. And the reserves is not based on position at all. So it's not backcourt or frontcourt. It's positionless. So I think once you go through it, you'll see that there's there's players like Luca, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. And they're obviously they're just shoe-ins for the game. So it gets very interesting down to those last six or seven players to see. I'd, I'd be very interested to see who you'd do. And Ned, you should make a list too, man. See... I've got to do this, man. It's one of those sort of time things. I need to – it's going to mess with my head. I I do like the look of you guys as – I can't see off the top of my head me changing much with either of those starters. But, yeah, I'll have a look into that for sure. Um, I don't know if you guys saw on some of those Australian NBA pages, they've got the whole Australian team, (laughs) (laughs) which which is very funny. Like, you know, Patty Mills and the all-star team and um, Joe Ingles and – whoever else but yeah that's something def there's some homework for next week maybe left definitely definitely all right lads well i guess we'll leave it at that for now unless we have anything else we want to touch base on 
No, I think we're pretty good there, man. It's uh, you got me pondering about all this stuff, and and we sort of briefly mentioned about sort of the MVP race, and it is good to see the big man back. So maybe Draymond Green could sneak in there. Then the other sort of flip side is, do you really want to see Draymond shoot six points in the All Star game when we could have <laughs> someone else? Do you know what I mean? Like it's a it's That's a funny. Right, you won't make it. That's yeah, you really don't think you'll make it. Yeah. Because he's not, would, like, for lack of a better term, a sexy player. Like, that's, you know, like, for lack of a better term, it's, it's left rolling his eyes at me. But that's what I was getting on with uh, Rudy Gobert either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's definitely a staple in the Los Angeles, uh, in the Los Angeles, in the Golden State Warriors, but I don't think he'll make it. I, I would actually, I would argue the opposite reason. I would say he would make it because of that reason. Because the next part is the player's and the coaches and media members. Mm. And I think they're much more likely to reward players for winning. Because the fans, obviously the fans love exciting, yep. even the, the household names, reputation. Like, like that's why I think players like Harden, Harden might start the All-Star game purely based off his name. Like it's James Sorry. Harden. It's why, in my opinion, Kevin Durant's number one in voting in the East right now because of who he is, even though he hasn't played as many games as someone like Giannis or... Yeah, so it, it's interesting though. It'd be, I'm very excited to see who you guys have as your reserves, have a look at who the starters are, and I think we can go from there. No, I think that's an excellent idea. Here, just you talking about some things here, and I want to put this question out to you both, and this is one for next week, so you've got a, you've got a week to think about it. I want you guys to let me know who is the greatest player in the world and why right now not ever right now so that's all okay. round whatever week, next week question I'd, I'd be interested to hear so let that sort of chomp at the bit for a while there left look at him he's already thinking about it <laughs> so thank you so much for checking out the talking hoops podcast we will be back next week be sure to hit us up on all those socials greatwolfentertainment.net thank you john thank you trace This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.